0: Welcome to 7 Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. good morning. It's good to be here. First Sunday of January, 2019. For the next couple of months, you're going to accidentally write 2018. You're going to have to erase it or scratch it out and write down that 9. 2019. And I mean it. It's a year of, to rejoice, to rejoice, to rejoice. Get excited about it. We've got a lot to rejoice about. We've got a lot to be thankful about. We've got a lot to lift our hands about and praise our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ about. A whole lot. A whole lot. Don't dwell on the one bad thing. Just look at all the good things. Look at the one good thing, the biggest thing, the greatest thing, that cross. That cross right up there there on the side of I-65 it ought to be a reminder every time you drive by it. I love it. I love it. it reminds me of who hung on it. and His name is Jesus. And I had a good week this week, just good week in the Word, and the Lord's showing me some things, and uh, I'm excited about the message this morning, first message of 2019. I got a little nervousness, a little, a little shake. I like that. I like that. So the title of today's message is Don't Drink Pepsi. <laughs> Don't drink Pepsi. You'll know why in a little bit just a title don't be offended if you like pepsi the book of joshua so we'll be this one 24th chapter but life's full of choices life is full of choices and you know what uh today's choice is determined tomorrow Today, whatever going on today, maybe peace and, and joy and harmony. You know what? It was determined yesterday by yesterday's choices. We make choices and our choices make us. Amen? We make choices and then our choices make us. In Joshua, the 24th chapter, I have this sign right here. This, this little picture or whatever painting in my house hanging above the door. And it says, If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day. Whom you'll serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord. He made a choice. He said, Choose today, right there. See, choose for yourselves this day. Life's full of choices. Life's full of choices. But Joshua said, Here's my choice. You can choose to serve that. You can choose to serve this. You can choose to serve that. You can go this way, that way, any way you want to go. But for me and my household, my choice is to serve the Lord. And that's it. There's There's no and. There's no exceptions. It's just it says, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a choice I want you to make today before you leave this place. It's me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. No exceptions. We're not going to be bent. We're not going to change. Society's not going to change us. Me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? It's a very important choice because tomorrow is determined by today's choices. And um, life presents you with opportunities to make choices. Hard life choices, doesn't it? Life-altering, life-changing choices. And most of the time, these choices, these hard choices, they come in less than ideal circumstances. You know what I mean? Tough, tough situation. And before you get put in this position here to make this hard life, this life altering choices, uh, you've got to be rooted and grounded in the word. You've got to be rooted and grounded. You've got to have the truth in you and have it rooted and grounded. No matter what goes on around me, I'm not going to make the wrong choice because I'm not rooted and grounded in the word. Because what happens is we're not, you know, one crazy decision that you make based off emotions or based off feeling can ruin your life. It can it can ruin it for the next five years, ten years, twenty years. You know, you get all excited and you want it and you buy it and that payment starts coming and you realize I made a bad choice. Or you you make a you, you make a decision you're drunk and you get married while you're drunk and then you sober up and you say What in the world have I done? But you stuck with it now. We've all made some bad choices, haven't we? And it's just one little decision can cost you dearly. It can cost you dearly. One little choice, one little decision, one crazy decision. And a lot of times it's horrible. It's irreversible choices. And you say, you know, you've talked to somebody before that made a bad choice. And you, they tell you. And then you listen to the story and you say, what were you thinking? I mean, what in the world were you thinking? I've asked my own self the question before. What in the world were you thinking? That's the stupidest thing. How could you make that choice? How could you do that? Has anybody ever asked anybody that question or asked yourself that question? Of course. We've all done that. We've all asked those questions. And ask yourself, what were you thinking? And we make these bad choices. That's because, you know, everybody else was doing it. So I just went along with it. Or I did it based off, you know, my emotions. I was just feeling emotional. Or maybe I was drunk. Or, you know, the peer pressure. They're putting the pressure on me, and so I did it. And I've heard this one before. In relationship, when people break up, I was on the rebound. So I did it. No, we're just less in ideal circumstances and we make these bad dis- dis- choices. That's why you've got to get the truth rooted and grounded on the inside of you. So when you get in this fire, you'll make the right choice. You can't wait till you get in the middle of it and then decide you want to get rooted and grounded. Amen? You know of, uh, of people like this. I'm sure some of you do. Some of you have probably experienced this yourself, but going to a hospital, you know, they try to get you prepared. In other words, if the doctors see the handwriting on the wall, so to speak, they'll, they'll give you, they'll say, here's what it looks like. So I need you to go ahead and think about this now because it looks like in a few months from now or on down the road here, it's going to be a bad situation. So in other words, they want you to make a decision now before you get to that point. And I've heard of, you know, loved ones uh, they say, I'm not going to put him on the life support. Or I'm not going to put her on the life support. Or we're not going to do that because we had this conversation years ago. And we both made this decision years ago that we weren't going to live like that. We weren't going to do that. We are just going to let, let us go. Make the decisions beforehand. I mean, when, when the boys were born, triplets, little bitty things fit in your palm of your hand like that, they tried to get us prepared beforehand. Just so... Because when you get in that situation and your emotions take over and your feelings and all this, sometimes you make bad decisions. They want you to get prepared beforehand. Well, God wants us to be prepared beforehand. He wants us to make good decisions in less than ideal circumstances. Because it's coming. Tribulations, trials, the, 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 the opportunities in life, they're, they're coming. Opportunities to make bad choices are coming. They come every day. And He wants you to be prepared to make the right choice at at those hard times. Amen? Now, in Colossians, the first chapter, 21st verse, it says, And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in His sight. That's good news. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became the minister. You notice there at the beginning of this verse right here, it says if, if, if you continue in the faith, if you do it. In other words, you've got to get this thing settled. If you get it settled, if you get it settled down in you, uh, you've got to get the truth settled. You've got to get the truth settled seated down in you. In other words, what's moral? What's immoral? We've got to get it settled. It's either moral or it's immoral. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. This is black and white, moral or immoral. Is it right or is it wrong? You've got to get it settled. Get it settled beforehand. You can't just go along with what's going on around you. Well, they doing it, so I'm going to do it. She's doing it, we doing it, they doing it, society, whatever. No, you've got to get it settled beforehand. Before the opportunity presents itself. What's right and what's wrong? What's moral and what's immoral? What does God's word say? I'm not concerned what the news says. What's God's word say? I know people try to rewrite this Bible and leave parts of it out. But you better stick to the original. Kids are in the back seat. One of them is Poking and prodding on the other one. And then the next thing you know, the other one. And then back and forth. And the next thing you know, you have to turn around and say, settle down back there. Has anybody ever done that? You better settle down. Well, that's what the Lord said. When You need to settle down. You need to get the truth settled down in you. You need to get it grounded deep in there. Amen. Get the truth settled in you before the crisis of life. you got to get the truth settled down in you before the temptation. Uh, you got to get these standards grounded. And you don't change them with society. The Bible is not bent to fit society. Society should be bent to fit the Bible. And it's easy to make good, not always easy, but let's say easier to make good decisions in these perfect situations, isn't it? I mean, when everything's perfect, it's easier to make a good decision. But all of a sudden, and now it hits the fire, boy. You know, it hits, the stuff hits the fan. You know what I'm saying? And now you've got to make a decision. Well, if you're not rooted or grounded, if you don't have the truth settled in you, most of the time you're going to make the wrong decision and then you're going to pay for it for a long time. So you need to be full up on the Word. Get full. Stay full. Don't be empty. So when you're empty... When you're running low on fuel, that's when you make these bad decisions. You go up into the grocery store hungry see what happens. That's the truth. You go in the grocery store hungry and the only reason you're going is just to grab a few little basic things. You know, milk, bread. What else you get? Milk and bread, what else? What? Cereal. Cereal, I was thinking cookies, but anyway... Milk, bread, and eggs. That's it. Milk, bread, and eggs. When it snows, milk, bread, and eggs you are good. And uh, you go in the grocery store, but you're hungry. You haven't eaten supper yet, and you're starving, and maybe you didn't even have lunch, light lunch, and you're in the grocery store, and you've only gone in there just to get a few things. And Now you're cruising through the store, but you're hungry, and all of a sudden you're grabbing the honey buns and the little Debbie Swiss cake rolls. You're just grabbing all kinds of stuff. You'll grab stuff that you're not even sure if you're like, and you're pretty sure you don't, and you'll grab it anyway. You'll grab some stuff and say, maybe she'll cook this for me when you know good and well she can't cook good at all. You'll just fill that buggy full of all kind of stuff. You will. You will. Now, you go in there slap full. You just had a nice meal. You'll, You'll stick to what you need. You'll get the good stuff. But you go in there hungry, and you're not full, and you're hungry, and you'll start loading that buggy down with all kind of fattening, all kind of just junk. You'll have that buggy full of junk. And then you get up to checkout. And you only carry 50 bucks with you. But the bill is $250. Because you've got this buggy mounted up. How are you going to pay for it? Well, they do expect you to pay for it at checkout. Jackie experienced that this week herself. She went and loaded the buggy up and got up there and didn't have enough money to pay for it. She left it at home. So she had to leave and go back and come back and get it to pay for it. And um, you get up there and you get your buggy full, and it's, it's uh, time to pay for it. And you make these bad choices out of your hunger, I and mean, you make good choices when you're full. Amen? But now your buggy's full, and you've got to pay for it. You've been up and down to every aisle in Walmart, and you have filled it up with all kinds of stuff. You filled it all up with all kind of stuff and now you get to the checkout and it's time to pay for it. Well, you know what? Life is the exact same way. You've got this buggy and you're going through life putting things in it that you don't need, putting in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life and you're filling that buggy up. You want to push it around and carry it through life but when it comes time to check out do you want to pay for it no you don't want to pay for it because you know who's working the cash register taking your money god that's who you'll stand before at checkout you're going to push your buggy up there with everything that you've got in that cart and now it's time to check out We want to go up and down the aisles. The chips, the cookies look good. All these groceries look good. All these sinful, all these worldly things. They look fun. They look exciting. But let me tell you, you can't just push them around and leave with them. You have to pay for them at checkout. You have to pay for them at checkout. So watch in your buggy this morning? We make bad decisions when we get hungry. Esau's out hunting. He's looking for some food. He comes home. He hasn't eaten in a couple of days because he's been out hunting. He comes home. He's real hungry. And there's old Isaac. He's got a, pot, a big old pot of stew on the stove. Jacob. How many of y'all be preaching this morning? It don't really matter. The point is he was hungry. He's hungry. He's got that stew, and he's a. This show is good over here. You hungry? Mmm. You like it? It show sure is good. You can have some. You can have some. I'll trade you some of this delicious food. For the birthright blessing. And Esau made a bad... He made a bad decision, didn't he? You know what? He didn't want to pay for it at checkout, though. He didn't want to pay for it at checkout. The flesh led him to make a bad decision. A terrible decision. And at checkout, you know what? We're going to be judged and we can't put it back. So if you rolled up there this morning with your buggy, what's in your buggy? What are you pushing in your buggy? Is it full of Alcohol? Is it full of cigarettes? Is it full of pornographic magazines? Is it full of all this lustful, uh, fleshly things? Is that what's in the buggy? What's in your buggy? I mean, nobody knows what's in your buggy but you. Nobody knows what's in my buggy but me. But what's in your buggy? What's in your buggy this morning? You say, well, I'm a Christian. And you know, it really don't matter what's in my buggy. I'm a Christian. It does matter. Because you're gonna carry this buggy full of all the stuff you've put up in it, and you're gonna stand before God trembling. Trembling. I was thinking about this morning. What it's in my buggy, and I, I'm standing before the the, the, the the judge, I'm being judged for what is in my buggy. Am I gonna be proud of what I put in my buggy? Am I going to feel good about what I put in my buggy? Or are there some things that I wish I could take out of my buggy and I hadn't pick picked those honey buns up, those chips and holy I should have left those over there. Am I going to be ready for checkout? Check me out. I made some good decisions. Check me out. We make bad decisions off our hunger. That's why you got to get full on the truth of God's Word. You got to get full on His Holy Spirit. You've got to get full of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be full of it. When you're full of it and led by it, you'll make good decisions in bad circumstances. But when you run up in there empty, you're going to fill your buggy full of a bunch of junk that you don't need, and you're going to make bad decisions, and you're going to pay for it. It's just plain and simple. We've got to make wise decisions. 2019, we need to start today. We need to leave out of here differently. We need to make some wise decisions so that we can go before Him. Right here in the 23rd verse, it says that we just read it. If you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which is preached to every creature, now that ain't it. Back up to the 22nd verse. My bad. Right here. To present you holy, blameless, and above reproach. That means you're unreproachable. That means you're perfect, blameless, spotless. You don't have a blemish. You don't have a wrinkle. You're faultless. That's how you'll, you'll be presented if you make these decisions. If you make the right decisions. If you have the right things in your buggy. We're going to pay at checkout. You think about this country we live in, The nation. Dear Lord, all the things that you see being done, especially by the so-called leadership. And I'm not against our president right now. I I, I like him, for the record. I know you're not supposed to talk about politics in church, but I like him. But I'm talking about there's a lot of them that I I don't like that are ungodly, wicked people. And our last administration was that it makes me tremble. Think about America paying at checkout. Because when America decides, you know what? Gay marriage is okay. I know it's God's law, but we're going to have our own law. Human beings, our laws don't change His law. And it's not okay. And when you light the whole White House up with these colors, with these uh, gay colors, you know what? Somebody's going to pay for that at checkout. Somebody's going to pay for that at checkout. When you abort over 50 million babies and the Senate stands up and says, we will not defund planet uh, Planned Parenthood. Somebody's going to pay for that at checkout. That's a buggy fool I don't want. I'm not talking politics. I'm just talking truth. Because it is the truth. And when the the, the, the the leadership stands up and says, you know what, we're going to turn our back on the nation of Israel, but we're going to support Iran and we're going to take a million dollar check the Secretary of Defense and we're going to turn our back on Israel? You're going to pay for that at checkout. But Satan doesn't show you all these things. He likes to deceive you. Make you think you can just push this card around. And you don't have to pay for what's in it when you come to checkout. But you're going to come to checkout one day and your name's either going to be written in the book of life or your name's going to be blotted out. There's no in between there. There's no holding place. I know some religions think there's an in-between. There's not an in-between. There's a heaven and a hell. There's a thermostat set on 68 and there's one set on fire. (laughs) Excuse me. So this week I'm coming home. I'm driving down the road and I'm uh, listening to uh, something there on the on the radio um, or on one of those little whatever deals. I don't know. I don't keep up with all that. But anyway, they're talking about the Pepsi Challenge. Anybody remember the Pepsi Challenge? It was when I was a wee little fellow. But I do remember it. It went on there for a while. But he's talking about the Pepsi Challenge. And around 1980, Coca-Cola had 18% of all the sales of all the soft drinks, all the sodas, all the pops, whatever you want to call them. Coca-Cola had 18%. They were the leader. They sold more than anybody. 18% of people were buying Coke. 4% 4 of people were buying Pepsis. So Pepsi said, well, we got to do something about this because we're getting whooped. Coke's got 18%. We've got 4%. So that's when they they came out with the Pepsi Taste Challenge, the sip test. The Pepsi Challenge. Y'all remember it? What they would do is, they would, you wouldn't know what was in the, the bottles there. They'd hide it. You wouldn't know if it's Coke. You wouldn't know if it's Pepsi. You sit down at the table. They pour you just a sip and a little cup, and you sip it. Then you, decide, you sip both of them. You decide which one it is that you like the best. So Pepsi did this little taste test, this little sip test, and 57% of people chose Pepsi. 57% of people chose Pepsi, which left 43% choosing Coke. And the people said that Pepsi was sweeter to the taste and smoother going down. Pepsi was sweeter and Pepsi was smoother. Mo- smoother. So all, immediately, Coke dropped down to 17% and Pepsi went up to 11%. So Coke's dropping, Pepsi's increasing. So Coke said, well, we need to do something about this. So they did a sip test. They did a taste test. They had the exact same results as Pepsi did. So they said, we definitely got to do something now. So then they went back to the Coke scientist. They said, we need to come up with something. Pepsi's winning this sip test. So these Coca-Cola scientists developed what's called the new Coke. Do you all remember the new Coke? They made this new Coke. So they did the sip test with the new Coke. The table's turned. It flopped. Now Coke's winning all the sip tests. So they said, well, we've got, it. we've got it figured out. This new Coke, this new generation, they want one that's sweeter and they want one that's smoother. This new Coke, is winning. This is a sure thing. The CEO said, this is the surest move our company has ever made. How can this new Coke fail? It fell miserably. They were, their sales went down. There were people protesting and picking it. We want our old Coke back. Grandma was leading the way. That's all, she, that's all she drinks is Coke. We go to a restaurant and she says, I want a Coke. And they say, we have Pepsi. She says, oh, shoot. Just bring me a water. She do not do the Pepsi. So they went back. People were, they had to go back and make the old Coke. And you know what happened when they made the old Coke? Uh, Coke went back up to leading and it's, it's been leading ever since it's still leading today in 2019. The old Coke. But this Pepsi was sweet by the sip. What happens is that one sip, it was sweet. And it was smooth and people did choose it. But it was sweet by the sip. But if you, took, if you got the bottle and started drinking it, what happened was it was too sweet. So it was sweet by the sip, but it was bitter by the bottle. By the time you got down to the end, now it's too sweet and it's bitter. See, sweet by the sip and bitter by the bottle. You can't buy a sip. You have to buy the bottle. You have to carry the whole bottle home with you. And you know what? Sin is the exact same way. Sin is real sweet by the sip, but it's real bitter by the bottle. And you can't just sip on it. Don't think you're can't take. you not taking the bottle home with you. You're going to go to Walmart and say, I want to buy a sip of Pepsi. You have to buy the whole bottle, the whole case, or the whole two liter, three liter, whatever it is, you got to buy a whole thing. They don't sell it by the sip. Sin doesn't come by the sip either. Don't be fooled by the sip. Don't be fooled by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Don't be fooled by the sip. You can't buy a sip. It's sweet by the sip, but it's bitter by the bottle. And Satan doesn't show you, see, there at those Pepsi tests, they didn't give him a whole bottle. They just gave him a sip. <clears throat> it was real good. But then they carried the bottle home. It wasn't so good. Too sweet. That's why people say too sweet. Sweet by the sip. Bitter by the bottle. Satan doesn't show you the bitterness in the sip. He doesn't show you the bitter ending in the sip of sin. It seems exciting. Stepping out on my spouse. The, the affair, it seems real exciting. It's just a sip. It seems fun. She's looking good. He's looking good. He's got something my husband don't got or she's got something my wife don't have. Satan shows you that in the sip, but he doesn't show you the brokenhearted children in the bitter bottle. See, so he shows you. It's just a sip of alcohol. That's all it is. Just one little sip. It ain't going to hurt nothing. Just a sip. He doesn't show you uh the DUI. He doesn't show you um, <clears throat> the car wreck and you're maimed and you've maimed somebody. Perhaps you've killed somebody. He doesn't show you the prison doors slamming shut on you because you've been thrown in prison for manslaughter, for driving drunk. He doesn't show you that in the sip. He says, those cigarettes are cool, kids. They're cool. You'll be cool if you smoke a cigarette. He doesn't show you the lung cancer in the sip. There's nobody that smokes that says I'm glad I've smoked my whole life. I'm glad i spent thousands of dollars on cigarettes. I have no regrets. You find somebody that smokes that's my age or older, they'll tell you they wish they had never smoked. Oh, those parties are cool. The drugs, everybody's smoking the weed. We're going to snort some cocaine. It's cool. It's what everybody's doing. Once again, don't show you the addiction where now you're stealing everything that's around you just to buy some more dope to feed the addiction. He don't show you that when the cops handcuff you and throw you in jail. Don't show you when you've lost everything you've got. Satan doesn't show you that in the sip. You can't sip on sin. He just starts with little things. Kids, I'm talking to y'all, teenagers. Y'all listen. I'm telling you, it's just a little thing. This YouTube video of these girls, they're not completely nude. They're just almost nude. It's not that big a deal because they're not nude. It's just a sip. It's just a little sip. And then the next thing you know, that sip's not enough. And you need another sip. And the next thing you know, you're looking at worse things. Worse things. You don't, he, he doesn't show you that in the sip. He didn't show you that whatever you're sipping on, you're putting in your cart. And you're going to carry that cart right on up to checkout. There was a man once that used to attend this church. He was in ministry. He was a preacher. And he started sipping on something. And you know what? One day, rat-a-tat-tat at the door. And the cops came and handcuffed him and took him and put him in jail for the rest of his life. You know why? Because he started sipping. and started looking at some pornographic images of some underage girls and He's he's in there for life now, but it started with a sip, just a little sip. Don't think you can just sip on it and not take the bottle home with you. Don't drink Pepsi. He didn't show the prodigal son everything in the sip. What he showed him was the hotel suite, the party, all the girls. He just didn't show him the pig pen. He showed Judas this money bag full of money. He just didn't show him the picture of him with a rope hanging around his neck, hung to death, dead with his tongue hanging out and his eyeballs bulging out of his head. He didn't show him that. He didn't show Samson. You know what he showed Samson? A good looking harlot. That's what he showed Samson. But you know what? He didn't show Samson himself shackled and changed with his eyeballs carved out of his head by the Philistines. He didn't show him that. Because Satan doesn't show you anything but the sip. You can't buy Pepsi by the sip and you can't buy sin by the sip. Sin is not your friend. It is not your friend. So I'm riding home and I'm listening to this Pepsi thing. And uh, started talking, the Lord started talking to me through this. He so said, I come home. Same day within an hour, because I was an hour away from home and I drove home and I walk in the door. Right there on my counter is a Pepsi with a sip taken out of it. And I walked in, I said, I didn't say hello to anybody, I said, Whose Pepsi is this? And Jackie's like, Why? Am I in trouble? And I go, No, whose Pepsi is this? She goes, It's mine. I said, Why'd you buy that? She goes, I don't know. And I said, I need to know why you bought it. And she said, well, I was at Little Caesars getting the kids a pizza, and I just thought maybe I'd try a Pepsi, and I got a Pepsi, and I I just took a sip out of it. I said, well, you're not in trouble at all. I just, you'll understand (laughs) Sunday. And so I said, when's the last time you had a Pepsi? She she hasn't had one in 25 years. we don't drink Pepsi. Nobody in my family drinks Pepsi. We don't drink Pepsi. We're anti-Pepsi. No, I don't have anything against Pepsi. I'm just saying we don't drink it. She doesn't drink it. She doesn't even drink drinks like that. She drinks unsweet tea and water. That's it. She used to be addicted to Diet Coke, but I got her delivered. Thank the Lord. She don't drink Pepsi. You following me? So here's this Pepsi sitting on my counter with a sip out of it. And I'm like, good grief. That's how the Lord talks to you. That's how He speaks to you. That's how He says, yeah, That's me. That's me. Go on with it. So I put the Pepsi on top of the refrigerator to save it for today. A Pepsi with a sip missing out of it. And then we had company. And I said, well, I'm going to hide this rascal. So I put it in the cabinet that doesn't have food in it. It's got candles. My wife likes these smell-good candles, so we have tons of candles. Have a candle for every occasion. Every time, I mean, candles. You know those kind, you know, take the lid off and they smell real good, whatever. I put it up there with those candles. And uh, so last night, I think it was last night or this morning, one or the other, doesn't matter. I opened the door. Where's my Pepsi? Who the heck got my Pepsi? Because I was going to bring it today to show you all Pepsi was a sip out of it. Because my, you understand? Jackie's like, I didn't touch it. And I said, who got the Pepsi out of here? And she's like, boys, because <clears throat> you know one of them did it. And she goes up there, she comes down, and they said, well, they were here yesterday, and they were looking through, and they found it. So they just decided to help clean up. I mean, because they never do it when you want them to. So he poured the whole thing out. He poured the whole thing out. So I was a little aggravated, and I thought, well, i go buy another Pepsi and pour a sip out. That's just not the same. It's not the same. So I said, forget it. So I'm in here this morning in praise and worship. Whoo, man. And I started bawling, and I'll tell you why I started bawling. Because mm. I was like, man, I wish I had that Pepsi. And they were singing, they were singing these songs, and no one even was in here before service ever started, and they were singing them. I mean, it was good. It was real good. And I I like, I wish I had that Pepsi. So he poured that Pepsi out and I started visualizing him pouring the Pepsi out. And I was like, why did that little rascal pour my Pepsi out? And the Lord spoke to me instantly and he said, because that's what I want all of you to do. Pour the Pepsi out. Don't carry it home and sip on it. You understand, we have sin in our life. We have things we don't want to let go. We're just going to sip on them every now and then. You don't want to completely repent from it. You want to keep it in the cabinet in case you need a sip every now and then. And what he's saying is open it up and just pour it out. Get that out of your buggy. So I just begin to weep thinking, i got something in my life I need to pour out. Evidently, the Lord showed me, open my eyes. A lot of stuff. And the Lord works in some awesome, mysterious ways. He'll even talk to you through a Pepsi-Cola. Amen. I want to let's let the whole praise and worship team come on and pull up the words of reckless love. And they haven't practiced it, but that's okay. The book of Job it says, Though evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue, though he spares it, does not forsake it, but still keeps it in his mouth, yet his food in his stomach turns sour. It becomes cobra venom within him. It's sweet when he first takes it, when he first sips it, it's sweet. It's real sweet. It's sweet to the taste. It tastes so good. But when it gets down to your stomach, it becomes bitter. It becomes sour. It becomes cobra venom. That's Satan himself. That's talking about sin. You can't just sip on sin and think that when you partake of it and eat it, that it's not going to turn into cobra venom in your belly, in your life, in your relationships, in your finances, in every area of your life. So we're all going to check out No doubt about it. When's checkout? When is checkout? Is it 20 years from now? 30? 40? 50? 100? Or is it today? Is it tomorrow? Is it tonight when you're sleeping? Nobody knows when checkout is. So my question today is this. Is what's in your cart? What is in your cart we're checking out today. We're in Walmart. And you're headed towards checkout. What is in your cart? You're in life. And you're headed towards the throne of God. What's in your buggy? What I want you to do is make a decision today. Is The same decision Joshua made. You can put anything you want in your buggy. You can put anything you want in your buggy. You can put anything you want in your buggy. You But as for me and my buggy, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not going to sip on it. There's some things we've been sipping on, and it's time to pour it out. It's time to empty your buggy out. Thank you for listening to this message from 7 Mile Ministry.